Hello and welcome to Gentle Touch. This podcast is a place where people can learn, discover and upscale mentally, spiritually and emotionally. This show is all about breakthroughs so get ready for some good vibes, realness and lots of information. You will be joined by me, your podcast host Alejandra Castro. Some of the shows will be just me and other shows will have guests open up new perspectives and views. My passion is to inspire and educate people who feel stuck. I will show you ways you can improve your overall health by sharing powerful tools that you can implement into your daily life. Let's get started. In today's episode, we have Brittany. She is a certified oral facial myologist and butechial breathing educator. She is also the founder of CT Oral Facial Myology. Brittany, are you based in Cheshire, Connecticut? Yes, that is exactly how you say it. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you. Damn. Um, Brittany, how are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I again apologize. Um, I was telling Alejandra, I went into the office to do this interview thinking it'll be nice and quiet in there. The dogs won't be barking. And then I get to my office. I literally was there for like an hour doing work. Internet was fine. Five of one. What happened? Internet goes out. So I rushed home. So I'm going to apologize in advance if the dogs bark. No worries. Eventually, but we can just kind of power through that. We we good. We good. Brittany, for the person that may not know, what is a oral facial myologist and botechial breathing educator? Yes. So um, I am a myofunctional therapist, uh, oral facial myologist, whichever you want to call it. The terms are um, interchangeable. Um, so I began that journey in 2016. What got me into that, my background, so what I went to school for was to be a registered dental hygienist. Uh, When you take a course to become a myofunctional therapist, you have to have some kind of healthcare license. Most of us are uh, either dental hygienists, speech language pathologists. There are some physical therapists, occupational therapists um, that do it as well. But anyways, um, myofunctional therapy, uh, one of my best friends and uh, partners that I co-teach with, uh, she likens myofunctional therapy to personal training. And I love this analogy because some people use physical therapy as the analogy, yeah. but we're not physical therapists. And we want to be very careful to stay in our lane. So she explains it as personal training for the muscles below your eyes and above the shoulder. So we're working in this general area. Now, okay. regardless of who we're working with, we have goals that we want to attain in order for our patients to successfully graduate from their myofunctional therapy programs. So that would be um, establishing a dominant nasal breathing pattern. So making okay. breathing in and out through our nose all day and all night. We want to optimize our oral rest posture. So what does that mean? When you're sitting here listening to me jibber-jabber, um, the position that you should be sitting in, your oral posture, uh, the tip of your tongue should be up at the end spot. So if you were to say the letter N, where your tongue touches behind your upper front teeth, not touching your upper front teeth, is where the tip of the tongue should be. And then we want to make sure that the rest of the tongue follows suits up there. So the tip, middle, and back should be lightly suctioned up to the roof of your mouth. So that is what we consider correct oral rest posture. So we teach tongue up all day and all night, lips closed all day and all night, breathing through your nose all day and all night. And we also work on um, optimizing chewing and swallowing patterns. Nice, nice. Say for the person that has just received all this information and is like, I don't know if I need it. How would they know? Yeah, so um, on my website, so... My introduction, I am the co or I'm sorry, I am the founder of CT Oral Facial Myology. I actually am also the co-founder of another myofunctional therapy practice titled MyoAir. I'm a um, co-owner of that. And on both of our websites, so on our CT Oral Facial Myology website and our MyoAir website, we do have an assessment. Now, this is not, you know, medical advice or anything like that, but it's a short assessment for somebody to go through where they can check off their symptoms. Um, we get emailed that assessment. And then we'll have our office reach out to you. Typically speaking, you know, if you're checking like really probably two or more on that assessment, you're probably a good candidate for myofunctional therapy. You know, so again, if you're listening and your tongue posture is low, you know, sitting in the bottom of your mouth or the middle of your mouth, if your lips are apart, if you know that you're a mouth breather, you know, we see a lot of people with sleep issues, whether it's snoring, um, apnea, digestive issues, TMD issues. I mean, the list really goes on. 
uh, for di different signs and symptoms that we're seeing that may make somebody a good uh, client for myofunctional therapy. Nice. What was your journey? So, so you you went to school to become a dental hygienist. Did you know that you wanted to be a dental hygienist, or did you know you wanted to be a myofunctional? Like, how how does it work? Yeah, yeah. So, I um, wanted to be a dental hygienist since I since I was seven years old, which okay. is a little strange because I feel like I probably should have wanted to be a dentist at that age, a doctor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I always wanted to be a dental hygienist. I just, I just, I always loved going to the dentist. I loved my dental hygienist. So anyways, um, I was practicing dental hygiene, uh, clinically for about, I want to say it was five years before I ever heard the term myofunctional therapy. So it's not something that we get in our training. There is, um, I want to say one school and it is in, I think it's Kalamazoo, their hygiene program there, where they talk about myofunctional therapy and learn myofunctional therapy. But generally speaking, it's postgraduate training that you're going into. Okay. So I was practicing clinically for a while. And in one of my uh, dental hygiene magazines that I get monthly, I read an article about myofunctional therapy. And I was so intrigued by it because it talked about really getting to the root cause of problems. And why do, you know, we see our patients clenching and grinding their teeth? Why, you know, do they have these TMD issues? Why are they, you know, breaking teeth and breaking restorations? Mm -hmm. And I was like, hmm, I want to know that. So needless to say, I went and took my first course shortly after that. And then fast forward now, that was what, 2016, I took my first course. So six, almost seven years later, um, and here I am. I don't any longer practice clinical dental hygiene. I loved being a dental hygienist, but myofunctional therapy, it's just, it's so needed and there's not a lot of us practicing it. So that is my goal is to spread that awareness. I love it. I love it because I didn't know about the role as well until I saw your profile. What is the importance of nasal breathing for whole body wellness? Oh gosh, I can talk about this all day. So why do we want to breathe through our nose? So first of all, let's talk about uh, when we breathe through our nose, we have a filtration system. So like when I'm working with little kiddos, we want to make sure whoever we're working with that we're really educating them, yeah. whether it's a four-year-old or a 54-year-old. So when I'm talking to little kids, I kind of explain it like the filter on a pool, right? What does that do? If we didn't have the filtration system on the pool, the water would be yucky and dirty. Bugs would be in there. Yucky stuff. Um, it's kind of the same idea when we breathe through our nose. We have a filtration system that helps to keep that air nice and clean, um, moisten it, cool it, warm it, all of it. Um, and when we breathe through our mouth, we don't have that same filtration system. Um, in the very back of our nose, there's these tiny uh, microscopic hairs called cilia, and those actually help to filter out bad particles, essentially. So again, when we're breathing through our mouth, we don't get that. One of the other really important benefits of nasal breathing is nasal nitric oxide. So nitric oxide is produced throughout our entire body, but nasal nitric oxide is produced in our paranasal sinuses. Nasal nitric oxide is like the Superman molecule. It is antiviral, antimicrobial, um, antibacterial. Um, it is a vasodilator. So again, when we breathe through our nose, we're getting the production of this nasal nitric oxide and all of its benefits. When we're breathing through our mouth, we're not getting that same thing. I mean, I can continue to go on. I mean, our craniofacial development, nasal breathing is crucial in that. Um, when we breathe through our nose, our uh, oral rest posture, typically that tongue is up and those lips are closed. Your tongue is going to act as your body's, basically your own body's um, natural palate expander. So from the pressures of your tongue resting up in your mouth, forward and laterally, it's going to really help to develop a nice upper arch. And our lower arch or our mandible or lower jaw will always follow that growth. Typically, not all the time, most of the time, will follow the growth of the upper jaw. Um, something that I always show my clients when they're in the office, we have a skull uh, and it's colored for the different bones of the skull. And you'll see that the upper jaw bone also makes up the floor of the nose and the lateral borders of the nasal cavity. So if our upper jaw is narrow, our nasal cavity is going to be narrow, reducing that airflow. Yeah. So nasal breathing, I mean, there's so many important uh, factors when it comes to nasal breathing. Again, I could talk about it all day. <laughs> Brittany, say for example, so you could work with children and you could work with adults as well. Would the treatment plan be the same or would it be different depending on the age and the issue? Yeah, great question. So 
I'm a really big believer in individualized treatment. Um, You know, our programs at CTOM, they are very individualized. It's not like a one size fits all, whether it's child or adult. So it really depends when we're going through that evaluation and seeing exactly what needs to be worked on because, you know, there's a whole slew of myofunctional therapy exercises that can be given to a patient, but not every patient is going to need every exercise. Um, You know, now, of course, when we're working with little, little ones, the way we do exercises, it's very much play-based and mimicking and things like that versus obviously working with an older child or an adult. You know, treatment plans will change based on if there's anything else going on, like if there is any kind of tongue tie, lip tie, um, if they have have to have any kind of nasal surgery done or um, some kind of palate expansion. So when a device is placed to help widen the jaw, um, sometimes that changes the way that we treatment plan in terms of how often we'll see each other when we start the program. So it is definitely a very individualized uh, program. Do we know depending on how long or is it like a thing where you'll see them and then depending on the progress, you'll see, okay, we need a few sessions or would we know from the very beginning how long it will take? Yes. So that's another really great, great question. And that is normally everybody's second question when they call us. First, they want to know how much it is. Second, they want to know, you know, how long is this going to take? Okay. So I, just because I've been doing this for some time, I've tried to develop a a myofunctional therapy program that's an estimated number of sessions that it typically takes a patient to go from the beginning, the start to the end, if they need a full program. Um, And if compliance is super great, you know, they follow through with whatever other treatment plans and we don't have any roadblocks in our way. Our program at CT Oral Facial Myology and MyAware is a 14 session program. Now that's not necessarily 14 weeks. So we usually say somewhere between four to six months. Okay. Um, again, that will differ depending on other interventions that might have to go on. Um, with little kids, like I would say three and under, we don't really ever recommend a full program for them because in our full programs, we're working on that suctioning and swallowing portion. And the patient has to be able to cognitively understand what it is we're asking of them. So with a three-year-old, we can't really go in and start talking about their swallowing patterns because you know they're just not going to understand. So those patients, we would do more of what we call like a mini myo program, uh, which might be six sessions, eight sessions, with the understanding that when they're older and a bit more mature, you know, we'll bring them back in to make sure that we take them um, all the way through the end. To kind of answer your initial question, I, what I can say is myofunctional therapy definitely isn't the type of therapy where you do one or two sessions and like you're good. It is usually like a process. Yeah, that is so, so good. I saw one of your Insta posts, the, the myo at home, the spoon tongue push up for 10 mm-hmm. seconds. Yes, that's a great one to do. Um, so yeah, you could take um, a spoon, uh, turn it on, you know, its backside, or you could even do it on the, you know, the part that the food goes on, and you just push your tongue against it. That's a really, it, it's a really great exercise, you know, yeah. for everybody. But it's especially a good exercise for uh, patients that have some kind of sleep disordered breathing. I love it. I love it. Um, say with regards to dental development or tongue tie or sleep apnea could we come to you and then see how this could improve yeah absolutely so um really in any of those that you you described we're always going to be a piece of that puzzle um you know it's it's really not a one-stop shop Mm -hmm. we're usually working on like a collaborative team um you know in regards to sleep disordered breathing there's actually some really great research out there um that supports that oral pharyngeal exercises or myofunctional therapy can help reduce that AHI in children and adults. Um, When we're talking about tongue ties, it is really important that you are seeing a myofunctional therapist Mm -hmm. prior to having the release and after the release. This is crucial. And a lot of the phenomenal, great release providers, and this is typically how you know if if you're working with a good release provider, they will not do that procedure until they get the green light from the myofunctional therapist. We want to make sure that we're optimizing that function, that we're already starting to re-educate these muscles. Because if you just go and release a tongue tie, and now you're giving all this new range of motion to the tongue, we don't want that tongue to fall in the back of the airway and block the airway off more. You know, the after after therapy, post-therapy, following the procedure tends to make more sense to patients, kind of similar to like, you know, if you have a knee surgery, you're going to go get 
physical therapy after. We want to re-strengthen, re-educate those muscles to a point where they're able to function how they're intended to. I love it. I love it. Say you have a patient where it be young or adult in adulthood, um, they have a habit where it be thumb sucking, uh, finger sucking or nail biting. Would they have to stop or would it, how, how does it work? Yes. So we offer habit elimination programs. Okay. It is very important that we are habit free because if you think about it and anybody listening, like you can literally pretend to suck your thumb or bite your nails right now. Yeah. Um, but what happens when you do that is, is it displaces your tongue posture. So your tongue posture will come down and forward. And we're trying to teach that tongue to rest up in the roof of the mouth and yeah. have those lips closed. If we're doing any kind of habit, tongue is down, lips are open. So we do want to make sure we get rid of that habit. Now, what they are finding through research is a lot of these oral habits, whether it be thumb sucking, nail biting, whatever, um, is really a result of like your body's protective mechanism to keep your airway open. So if you think about it, like if you were to pretend to bite your nail right now, what happens is that jaw, that lower jaw comes forward. Um, In dental sleep medicine, dental providers make appliances for patients with obstructive sleep apnea that literally do just that the appliance brings that mandible forward because it helps to open the airway. So we want to make sure, you know, that we're working closely with ENTs, that we're ensuring that there aren't any kind of obstructions that is preventing this child from really being able to breathe. Um, And then, you know, again, depending on the type of um, habit it is, sometimes we break the habit before we even start myofunctional therapy. And sometimes we'll break it during the program. Again, it depends on the type of habit. But without a doubt, if you have an oral habit, your child has an oral habit, you need to see a myofunctional therapist because there will be oral dysfunction. I love it. I love it. And say, for example, is it like the longer, the older the habit, the the more damage it could cause or the more of an issue that may arise? Yeah. So when we look at habit, we look at the duration, the frequency, and the intensity. Wow. Um, So yes, there's, you know, a lot of factors that go into it. Um, But, you know, I would say if you're, if you used a pacifier for an extended period of time, if you were a thumb sucker, once that tongue posture drops and you're, you you learn to have that low tongue rest posture, there isn't really much that's just going to like automatically one day you're going to wake up and that tongue's going to be resting on the roof of your mouth, right? Those muscles lose their strength and their tone when they're not being worked how they're intended to. So again, we look at the duration, frequency, um, and intensity. That's so good. What do you think of dummies? Do you like dummies for babies? Dummies? I is that a pacifier? No, no, no. Dummies for a baby when the baby starts. Oh, a dummy! I thought you said a thummy. I'm like, I don't no. know what a thummy. Is. <laughs> um, no, so we don't like. Um, any kind of pacifier for a child, uh, nothing that is going to, again, displace that tongue. There are really great products out there that uh, infants can even use. So Myo Munchie makes a, a like a baby. It's called a baby munchie. Yeah. Um, and I believe it's either – I think they can start using it at six months. So there's other things that we can do that can give them that oral sensory feedback they're looking for that will promote better – development of the oral facial muscles that pacifier or that dummy is going to teach that tongue to rest low because if you think about it sitting on top of the tongue i also saw um the rem plenish water bottle yeah so again this is a really great adjunct to a myofunctional therapy program i don't you know i don't like people to think that they're going to get this water bottle in place of doing myofunctional therapy it is definitely going to help. It's nice passive myofunctional therapy throughout the day. Obviously, we have to drink water. So we do tend to incorporate those a lot into our myofunctional therapy programs. Essentially, what it's doing, one second, I told you my dogs were going to, let me just show you my little guy here. This is little Kobe. He likes to sit on my lap when I'm home, hence why I try to go to the office this morning. Um, but the Remplenish water bottle is really great to encourage uh posterior or back of the tongue function. So essentially that water bottle, again, if I was at my office, I'd show you one. It has a longer nozzle on it. Okay. So sitting on a good portion of the tongue, if this was my tongue, it's sitting pretty lengthy on there. And what you have to do is you have to bring the tip of your tongue up behind your upper front teeth to that end spot. And the back of your tongue is pumping that nozzle up to your palate 
to be able to have that water flow through. So in a way, it's very similar to the same um, kind of mechanics as breastfeeding, uh, which is really great because breastfeeding is a natural form of myofunctional therapy. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Because there's a lot of detail has gone into the water bottle, right? To be able to create that what we're trying to do, which I really, really like. Um, say, for example, um, you work alongside, is it max fact surgeons, sleep nurses, dentists, orthodontists? When would they see you? Would they see you before or would they also see you bef- um, after or in between or how does that work? Yeah. So again, it's hard to say because it's not one size fits yeah. all. Um, what I will say is typically, at least in my clinic, and this is, I can't speak for all myofunctional yeah. therapists, I like to see everybody at their baseline. So if we have a child that's working with an orthodontist and going yeah. through expansion, I'd really like to see them pre-expansion. Then we would see them about three quarters of the way through that process. And then we'll do another little mini reevaluation before we start their program. Um, same thing for like a patient that's going through jaw surgery. I think it's really important for us to see them preoperatively to try to start working on some things, to try to encourage and optimize the current function of their muscles to set them up for a better trajectory yeah. post, um, you know, jaw surgery. The other reason I, I, I think it's important is, you know, jaw surgery is a pretty intensive traumatic surgery. Yeah. And, you know, I like to be able to check in on the patient, you know, talk about the whole nutrition and diet aspect of what's going to come, different things to expect. Um when you are when you go through jaw surgery, a lot of what I hear from my patients is everything becomes so foreign in there, right? They're literally taking your jaws and putting them in a different position. So what you thought was normal now is so all over the place, yeah. whether it's feeling like they don't even know where to put their tongue. They don't know how to chew anymore. Things just feel so different. So there's definitely a I think like an emotional component, you know, we really develop very great rapport, a good relationship with these patients going through jaw surgery. I just was with um, a surgeon at a conference I was at in Savannah this weekend. And I was talking to him about it because so many people always ask me, like, who are your favorite types of clients to work with? And I mean, I love working with all ages, um, patients, you know, all across the lifespan involved in all different kinds of treatments and modalities. But my heart really goes out to these jaw surgery patients. Really? It really does because there's there's so much going on. There's so much. It's a big. My my background is healthcare, and um, so it's either I can work inside the theaters or outside, and it is a huge surgery. A huge surgery, and I like to be able to, you know, be there for these patients if they have a question. You know, kind of be like that liaison between them and even the surgeon. You know, I'm a little bit more sometimes readily available than getting a hold of the surgeon is. So if there's something that I can do to help ease their mind, I really, really enjoy working with these these jaw surgery patients. I mean, they are so grateful for the work and the results that they get because jaw surgery is different for everybody. You know, some people lose feeling in certain areas for up to a year, some people up to six months, some people take a really long time to be able to increase their range of motion. So again, love working with all clients, but again, my heart just goes out to those, uh, uh, patients undergoing orthognathic surgery. And I, I really find great satisfaction, um, in being a part of their journey. Wow. Um, so in the beginning, you mentioned the benefits of um, nasal breathing. For the individuals that do, I saw the post that says mouth mouth breathing is not natural. How long? So we know that the, the there's 14 sessions, right? How long is it? Would it have to become a habit or is it for the mind to click in and know, okay, this is what we have to do and this is the way to do it and to correct it? What does that look like? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely the brain has to be able to connect with what the muscles are doing, right? So we are forming new habits. So there is a part of, you know, attaining that habituation, generalizing all of those, uh, you know, relearned patterns. But nothing we can do in myofunctional therapy really can be successful unless that patient has the ability to breathe through their nose. So that's why often we're referring to an ENT um, because if there is something else going on in there and the obstruction is so severe, sometimes there does have to be intervention. You know, you can't 
ask somebody who physically can't breathe through their nose yeah. to close their mouth. I mean, that's not fair. That's not going to feel great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I, this comes up a lot in our clinic. Um, parents that come in talking about their children chewing with their mouth open. Why are they chewing with their mouth open? Well, that's how they breathe. If they could breathe through their nose, they would close their mouth all the time, not just when they're eating. You know what I mean? So again, you can't you can't take away somebody's only route of breathing because the upside is not great. Um, and that is again, it it is a process. It's not you know not going to do two sessions of myofunctional therapy and all of a sudden become a nasal breather. We have to work on those muscles. There's so many muscles that go into being able to breathe properly, not just in the mouth. We're talking diaphragmatic, the pelvic floor. You know, there's a lot that is involved in proper nasal breathing. Oh, no. Yeah. What you said is, yeah, because we're like, okay, that's bad manners at the table. What the truth is, what is happening behind it? How can we solve this? (laughs) It is so, so true. Um, What is a RDH license? So that's a registered dental hy- uh, hygienist. Okay. So that's and then, the license that we have to be able to practice clinical hygiene. And then would you need something else or would you just need an RDH license and then you're good to go? And then the, the further training? For hygiene or for myofunctional therapy? For myofunctional therapy. So, yeah. So my, my hygiene license is what allowed me to be able to take my training in myofunctional therapy. Okay. You have to have some kind of healthcare license. Um you know, you can't be a school teacher and go take uh, a myofunctional therapy course type of thing. Yeah. Um, So there is definitely further training because right now it's not something that we learn in our undergraduate programs. Wow. Nice. So that for anyone that is interested that wants to explore other career paths or other avenues, this is definitely one they can look into. Um, How was your journey? So you co, so you're, you, you're a co-founder and then you also a, Co- how do you say it? co-founding co-found you have another partner yes 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 so I opened my myofunctional therapy practice in 2016 um it was just myself for some time starting in 2020 I started to bring on other myofunctional therapists so I actually teach a myofunctional therapy program to other dental hygienists to become myofunctional therapists um through this training I hired um a few other uh dental hygienists to come be part of CT oral facial myology. My very first therapist that came on board with me, Miss Joanne Amoruso, I, we just, she's one of my best friends now. Um, she is, first of all, an amazing therapist. She is so competent and so passionate. I mean, she's so giving. It's just, it's truly incredible. I'm very blessed to have her in my life. But anyways, when she joined us, she was living in New York at the time. And I wanted to also, you know, get into the New York um, area because there, again, there's not a lot of myofunctional therapy around. So she and I decided to co-own MyoAir. So that's how MyoAir came to be born. Uh, We also now have practices. So we have uh, a location in New York and we have a location in Florida. Wow. um, Where? (laughs) Wow. That is, that is amazing. What, what part of Florida? So we're in the Melbourne Vero beach area. Um, we do serve, you know, anybody that's willing to make the drive, but yeah. that's where our office is based. Nice. And then how did that look like? So, so did she come over to you in, in Cheshire to get trained and then went back? <laughs> how does that come about? <laughs> so the, uh, the myofunctional therapy class that I teach is actually Online? a virtual, it's a virtual course. Okay. Yeah. So that's how we met. You know, she did actually make a, the drive to my office a few times to come in and, and shadow me. And then um, she, for, for my Connecticut practice, she was doing virtual therapy. So we do offer complete virtual therapy and an office therapy, whichever the patients prefer. So Joanne was our virtual CTOM myofunctional therapist. Um, and then when we you know, went out and um, opened MyoAir together. Mm-hmm. I tend to see MyoAir patients virtually just because of my location. I'm in Connecticut. Yeah. Um, and she tends to see the in-person patients because she's physically there. Nice, nice. And then how was that expanding? How was the journey? Oh, well, so fun because I was doing it with Joanne. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it, it was great. You know, again, to be able to service more people, yeah. you know, um, to be able to connect with providers who didn't know there was a myofunctional therapist in their area, to just be able to reach the masses more um, has been incredible. Um, when, you know, thinking about 
when I was practicing clinical, clinical hygiene, I never thought I would stop being a dental hygienist. I loved being a dental hygienist. Gosh, I wanted to be one since I was seven. I was practicing it on my dolls. Um, if you ever asked me that I'd be doing something else, I would say you're absolutely crazy. And then, you know, when I was able to go into myofunctional therapy full time and then even be able to start hiring other therapists. So we have, um, we have myself and three other in-office therapists, and we have two virtual therapists. So to be able to see CTOM grow has really been um, a really humbling thing for me because, again, I, 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 it wasn't anything I was expecting. Um, it's a lot of work. I'm not going to lie. Like, you don't really ever get time off when you own your own business, but it is extremely rewarding to be able to help these families and help them grow and help them thrive and really make an impact in their life. How did you know when it was ready to expand? When I just was uh, like not sleeping because all I was doing was seeing patients. <laughs> I couldn't possibly do it uh, uh, by myself anymore. My waiting list got, you know, pretty far out and I felt horrible telling people that I couldn't see them for another two months. Um Two months is a long time. Two months is a long time. Yes. Um, So that's pretty much when I was like, okay, got to do it. But the problem with expanding is there's not a lot of myofunctional therapists out there. So it's not like you put in an ad, like hiring a myofunctional therapist and you're going to get like hundreds of applications. There's not enough of us. So luckily I was in a great spot where... I was teaching a course where I was able to meet these other incredible hygienists who, when I felt like I could see myself in them, that's how I knew that they were going to be a good fit. When I saw their passion and their dedication to their learning and helping patients, I get the goosebumps just thinking about it. Um, I just knew that it would be a good fit. And I am totally blessed to have an amazing team behind me. I mean, they are, they're incredible, you know. They, they really helped me. So I'm, I'm very happy, uh, lucky in that. I love the way you said when you saw yourself in them, for the person that may not know, for the person that is looking for people to expand, they're very new to it, they still don't know. They may be like this with judging of character, right? How can we give them an example or, or tell them in a different way? Uh, give them an example of what to look for in somebody. How do you know that's your person? How do you know that would be the right fit? Yeah. So I'm a big believer in like, um, what do I want to say? I don't know. Like I have to jive with somebody. Like we have to vibe. Like if we don't vibe, we ain't going to click. We're not going to work. Like I need, when you're expanding, when you take somebody to put them on your team, like whatever they do, whatever comes out of their mouth, how they treat people, how they word things is literally a reflection on you. So it's a reflection on me. So, you know, I, it's very, um, in the beginning, it's a little bit, uh, what word am I looking for? Like scary, I guess, you know, to be able to, because again, you can't physically be there. And especially for me, I'm a major control freak. Like I ask my husband, I'm a huge control freak. Like I want to do everything myself. So to give up that control was really hard for me. But when you meet people that literally share the same core values as you and, I, I'm a high energy person. Like if I see that in somebody, um, I, I don't know how to explain it. I guess it's just a feeling that I got when I yeah. met these therapists. Like I need them to be part of what I'm doing here because I know that they're going to make a difference. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously you want to make sure they have a good work ethic. I mean, that's first and foremost, right? You might not be having a good work ethic here. But the main thing I think for at least myofunctional therapy, I can't talk about other professions yeah. is the passion. You can see passion all over somebody's face. And I think that that's so important because what we do with myofunctional therapy, nobody knows what it is. A lot of families that come into us, they have no clue. (laughs) You have to truly be confident in what you're doing, in your skills, in yourself, and in the services you're providing. Um, And in order to do that, like you have to really dedicate time to learning it, to learning the science behind it, to learning... You know, I think for dental hygienists, because we're already in that mm-hmm. patient, you know, environment, yeah. typically have good people skills, um, which is another reason I think dental hygienists make such great myofunctional therapists. Like we have great rapport with our patients. Usually we're the reason people stay at a dental office. It's not the dentist. It's the dental hygienist. So yeah, I guess I didn't really answer your question probably super well. No, 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 you did good because one, you mentioned values and two, you mentioned energy, which is like um, like your intuition, trusting your inner yes, gut. Intuition, what? that was the word 
I was looking for. <laughs> right? So so trusting your inner gut, what feeling do they get? Do you feel safe? Do you feel like you could step out the office and go away on holiday if you need to and feel reassured or will you be so anxious? I got, exactly. I have to tell you, I got married the beginning of June. I saw I it. It looks beautiful. Yeah. Fairy tale wedding. Yeah, and all my girls were there, which was fabulous. I mean, they're literally like my family. Um, but anyways, I went to Italy for two weeks after that. Very far away, different time zone. Oh my God. Yeah. And I wanted to obviously be able to dedicate that time to my husband and not be worrying about CT oral facial myology. How is it running? Are the families okay? Does anybody have any questions? And I'm not going to lie. I was having some anxiety about it before I left. I think that's probably normal as a business owner. But when I tell you that like my team handled it, like they did not reach out to me. I'll never forget. Joanne texted me and was like, I forget somebody had a question and she was like, do not call Brittany. Do not bother her. Like I will come over and hurt you if you bother Brittany on your honeymoon. Um, but to be able to feel like they have it, like I'm okay to leave. And, you know, in the near future, I hope to start a family soon. And so I am going to have to take a little bit of a step back and trust more in the process yeah. and the people on my yeah. team. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, I am blessed and I am lucky because I've just been blessed with really great people in my life. I love it. I love it. With regards to your Florida office, how did that come about? Good question. So Joanne um, was living in New York. I need to meet Joanne. Joanne's wonderful. I know. She's fabulous. Um, Joanne was living in New York, so it kind of just made sense. I mean, I'm in Connecticut. She was in New York. Um, I already had CTOM in Connecticut, so let's expand into New York. And then for family reasons, Joanne ended up moving to Florida. Okay. So she goes back and forth between Florida, Florida and New York. She's in Florida a bit more, a bit more than she is in New York. So that's how that just made sense, obviously. Now yeah. she's physically moving. So now we can, you know, reach patients a lot, a lot further. So it was a no brainer for us. Wow. So will she so so will you still have the other base in New York as well? Or would that move altogether to Florida? Yeah, so we're still keeping it. Um, okay. You know, we want to bring on another team member so that okay. somebody is literally always in New York because it's a lot for Joanne to have to travel back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, MyAware patients are always welcome to come down to Connecticut. Um, most of them don't want to. Uh, <laughs> them. So anyway, so we're looking for that special person. Okay. Like I found in Joanne. Uh, to join our team. For perfect, year. perfect. I love it. With regards to the Florida office, was it just this sign of let's do it or was it a leap of faith? I guess both, right? Let's do it is kind of a leap of faith. You know, nothing, I'm a big, like, I'm a big believer in things happen for a reason, yeah. but you also have to work for them, right? Mm-hmm. With myofunctional therapy, there's a lot of work that goes into owning yeah. your own practice. You know, we have to be the ones that are, reaching out to these providers to try to make connections. You know, most of the people that we see are referred from other providers. And not only do you have to establish those relationships. In healthcare, it's hard. You have to build rapport. Absolutely. And you have to continue that. Like if you still want to be a person they trust to see their patients, like you better nourish that relationship. So yes, it was like, all right, let's do this. But it also was a lot of work. And again, I'm going to, if Joanne was here, I'd give her a major hug because she was the one in Florida. I wasn't there. I was in Connecticut. So, you know, if the provider wanted to have an in-person meeting, I mean, Joanne was the one doing that. You know, if we were doing a virtual meeting, both of us were able to hop on, but she really was like the trailblazer of getting our MyAware practice up and running in Florida. And she is, when I tell you a go-getter, like, She's a wonderful person, inside and out. She's just amazing. That is really, really good. And um, I love the bit that you said about the relationships and building the report health, because my background's healthcare, right? And and I was self-employed, so I was bouncing along to different hospitals. And when I tell you the nourishing, the way you speak, the tone of voice, and, and especially surgeons, I can't imagine being a medical rep and having to establish this rapport because there's this thing about surgeons. I'm just like, ugh. So I can't yeah, even yeah. imagine the work and the love and the rapport you have to build because because if if you do one thing wrong or say one thing incorrect, they'll just brush you off. And they're yeah, like you have to know how to handle that. Like, you know, some things happen in relationships and that's fine, but your ability to, to you know, work through that and your it's really more the want to work yeah, through that. You exactly. Know? 
you have to trust the providers you're working with just as much as they trust you. And at the end of the day, especially in airway in this field, I can say that everybody that's involved in this airway is extremely passionate. Like it's just above and beyond and works. We're, we're a smaller community. So we're all very, very close. And we're literally like a family. I mean, I was just at an event this past weekend called Airway Palooza, like a party, a party for airway. Let's celebrate everything that we're doing in this field, all the amazing people that are propelling this movement forward. And it was such an incredible event because you felt like you were at it with your family. And it could have been people that you just met that weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel like when you're working with these referral providers, like I want to feel like they're at least one of my good friends, if not like family, because I want to work with providers that are very communicative with me. That if I have a question, they're they're there to answer and vice versa. If I say something, they're going to take me serious. And if they don't know what I'm saying, they're going to say, can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah. Or I'm seeing it from this way. Okay, well, like when you're seeing that, I want to show you what I see from the myofunctional therapy aspect. Because at the end of the day, we're treating the same patient. We're just coming from all different kinds of yeah. disciplines. And you have to have respect. That's the biggest thing. There can be no egos involved. Like that was one of the... Um, the biggest shifts for me, I feel like as a dental hygienist, like in the dental field, and this isn't for all offices, yeah, but yeah. in some offices, there's like this hierarchy where yeah. there's like the dentist and the hygienist is mm-hmm. below them. Like they're the doctor, you're the hygienist, you guys aren't on the same team. When at the end of the day, you should be because your hygienist is the one that's selling your treatment. But that's yeah. besides the case. When you go to become a myofunctional therapist, you're now a specialist. You're on the same level as that jaw surgeon. And I realized this in one of the very first networking dinners I went to. I thought I was going to a dinner with myself and an oral surgeon. I shortly before the dinner found out it was myself, the oral surgeon, three orthodontists, two general dentists, and a, I want to say it was an ENT. And I was like freaking out. I'm driving. I'm like, oh my God, what if they have a question and I don't know how to answer it? And then I'm like, Britt, you're the specialist in this field. They want to learn from you. Yeah, yeah. They want to know what you what, what your services that you provide, how that can help their patients. So to be able to feel like you're in this room of incredible providers, but they're looking at you on the same level as themselves, again, is a very humbling experience. And that is really what Airway is all about because we're all in this together. One person's job is not more important than the other's. I love it. I love it. And sometimes we, we, depending on our background, depending on our insecurities, depending on our inner work, we have to work through that, right? Because we walk into a setting and we just see the hierarchy and it's just working through that. Britt, I know you want to start a family. Where do you see the future? Will you go to opening more offices or will you go to educating more therapists? All of the above. (laughs) Uh, I can't. I'm, I'm a very uh, motivated go-getter type of person. And I say to my husband all the time, like jokingly, like I'm going to be a stay at home mom. Like, and don't get me wrong. I do want to be home with my kids. Some, I do see myself probably being part-time to some degree, but with the way that we can educate virtually now, I certainly don't see myself stopping that. I love to educate. If I didn't become a dental hygienist, I would have become a teacher Mm -hmm. and I love being able to share the knowledge that I have. So I don't see that going anywhere. And I definitely don't see uh, myself, whether it's through CTOM, Joanne and I with MyAware, continuing and really growing our businesses to a point where we're able to reach more people. So I'm going to try to do it all. So if you want to get back to me in like five years to see where I'm at. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'll see I'll see Joanne with the puppies, with the children, with like just... <laughs> She'll be like, wait, hold on, hold on. We've got the alpaca screaming at the back. I need to go to like the penthouse or something. Um, (laughs) Brittany, what is, knowing where you are now, what advice would you give to your younger self? I love this question. I would say Mm -hmm. boundaries. Learn to create boundaries. And this is on a professional and personal level. This is something that took me a while to do on a personal level. It's been some time time now and some therapy, of course, involved that taught me how to create good, healthy boundaries for my mental health. But even work, like as much as I love what I do and I am so passionate and I want to grow and I want to teach and I want to be there everywhere and do all these things, at the end of the day, my family is the most important thing to me. And nothing will be more important than my family. When I was in the point where I was expanding more, 
I kind of got a little bit ahead of myself where I think yeah. I forgot a little bit because I w- I'm such a dedicated person. Like when I'm in, I'm in, like I'm above 120. I'm at like 3000 and I had to take a step back and say, okay, like this isn't working because you're making some sacrifices that like aren't okay for your personal relationships that you have yeah, going yeah. on. So I had to learn to create boundaries, you know, not answer my phone all hours of the night as much as I love my patients. Like if I'm good, I respect you. Like you have to respect me too. So that is probably the the thing I would tell my younger self is to create boundaries. And, you know, especially as a business owner, like you still have to put yourself first because mm-hmm. your business runs because of you. And if you're not healthy, how are you going to do all the things you want to do? So taking care of yourself, you know, setting aside time for yourself and your loved ones, whatever gets you in a good state, mm-hmm. whether it's working out, yoga, journaling, meditation, like sitting there in silence, sitting with your dogs, taking your dogs for a walk. You know, you got to really make sure that you take care of yourself. I love it. Brittany, what is your favorite movie? My favorite movie is Beauty and the Beast. Okay. Which I'm going to share something with you guys. So You're romantic. I, oh yeah, I am. My husband and I uh, went to high school together. We okay. did not date in high school. We got together later in life, but. Well, did you guys like each other? Was it like. He had a huge crush on me in high school. And I unfortunately dated his friends and not him. But <laughs> when we were, I was 14, he was 13. He, my husband draws really well. He drew me a picture of Beauty and the Beast when he was 14 years old. You still have it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, no, I don't have the original one. Okay. I, I He drew me another one. He drew me another one. But anyway, I, I, my mom, I think, threw it away along with some other stuff by accident. I wasn't really happy about it. But anyways, he's drew me a new one since. So when we got married, we actually got married in a castle. And it was a very like Beauty and the Beast-like. I walked down to the instrumental of Tale as Old as Time. So that is definitely my favorite movie. I love it. What is your favorite book? Oh, my gosh. I don't... Oh. You read lots, girl. I was going through your socials. I'm like, oh my god, this girl is book heavy. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I can pick one. Um, I just recently read Dr. Shireen Lim's uh, okay. newest book. Nice. Um, I don't want to screw up the name right now. It, Breathe, sleep, thrive. I want to say it's called. Okay. You love that book. I mean, of course, all my favorite books are books about airway. So, like, I love breath, <laughs> love Jaws, I love Sleep Wrecked Kids by Sharon Moore. Um, I love Bra- Be a Brave Parent by Dr. Susan Maples. The Buteco books, I don't have a favorite book. I like a book. Now I read educational books. You know, back in the day, I definitely, I read all like the Nicholas Sparks books. I do from time to time still like to read those. But so I can't answer your question. I don't have a favorite book. That's okay. If you had a billboard on the side of the highway, what would it say? It would say probably your mouth is for eating and speaking. Your nose is for breathing. Be sure to close your lips, bring your tongue up to the roof of your mouth and breathe through your nose. <laughs> oh my gosh, we need two billboards for that. Brittany, <laughs> Brittany, tell me about your podcast. Yeah, so my podcast is called I Spy with My Maya Y. Um, I started it, it was right before COVID. So it had to be like- Good timing. Know, 2019, January, 2020, something like that. Yeah, it was awesome. So during when I was home, I was doing all these interviews. So I had mm-hmm. all these interviews like on, you know, ready to go. But basically, I interview uh, professions from all different kinds of disciplines that all have an impact on airway, which is literally every single kind of discipline. And I love doing the podcast, I'm sure for the same reasons you do. It's a learning experience for me. They're like, you know, why do you set the time aside to do this? I'm like, why not? Like, I get to talk to some really good people say that to you. Yeah. They're like, maybe not that, but like, how do you find the time to do it type of thing? Like, you know, you have so much other stuff going on. Like, why do people do this? It's a learning experience. You know, I got to interview James Nestor and ask him anything that I wanted to. I get to interview all these different awesome professionals and ask them questions, not only that I know my audience wants to know because I ask, but questions I want to know. So it's a learning experience. I love it. For me, it's very healing. And I think it's very intimate as well because it's one. So it's very, very good. Brittany, tell me about how we can learn from you, how we can connect with you, the treatments, the services you offer. Yes. So you can go to our websites. Um, so CT Oral Facial Myology's website is www.mycetom.com. Uh, MyAware's website is www.myaware.com. You can follow me on Instagram. Uh, my handle is CT underscore oral facial underscore myology. I'm sure you'll link that at some point in the podcast. 
Um, I'm on Facebook. I have a YouTube channel. Feel free to reach out to me, email me, call the office, ask for me. Any questions you guys want to know, anything at all, you know, Instagram message me, whatever. I'm, I'm always here to help answer anything I can. I love it. That is so, so nice. If someone's shy to come to you with a silly question or doesn't know if the treatment that you offer is right for them, what would you say? First of all, I say this to all my students. There is no such thing as a silly question. If there were, I ask them all the time. No such thing as a silly question. So don't ever feel like you can't ask us anything. Every question has an answer. If you don't know if you would be right for the therapy, just reach out to us. Give us a little synopsis of your background, what's going on, what are your current symptoms, and we'll let you know if that's something, you know, in our realm, if we think you need to see a different provider first. We want to get everybody to the professionals they need to be with, so... Again, just reach out to us. That is so, so nice. It's nice because some people live with certain, with, I don't know, with with certain things or certain habits. And it's like they're so shy and in denial that sometimes they really struggle, especially going to a professional. And they're like, oh, my gosh, maybe they're going to speak to me and I won't understand. Or maybe because sometimes I'm in healthcare and the surgeon may be speaking and the patient doesn't understand and looks at me. So it's like they expect me to kind of, translate in the way you know so so it's just knowing that you have that reassurance you have that information and knowing that if it's not in the realm then they'll say okay but maybe this this individual or this profession or maybe they can help so that's always nice Brittany thank you for being on gentle touch thank you for taking the time to come on here you have so much wisdom so much information so much life experience as well and just your journey as well and it just goes to show that that as a sign of inspiration to all young ladies that we never know where we can end up or what we can grow and develop to be to be our best selves as well because now you're in a position of leadership and now look you have the three offices you're happily married so it just goes to show that there is light at the end of the tunnel but we do have to put the work in the discipline in and and even at times we need to get the help we'll be talk therapy we'll be just having us or, or having someone look at what we're going through from a different lens and tell us, okay, you need to step out, you need to do this, or you need to work on this for us to achieve balance. So thank you, Brittany. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure. You're very, very welcome. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and found this podcast useful. If you did, be sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening and joining Gentle Touch. I'll see you in the next episode. Want to get in touch? Feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. Link is in the description. Be sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're on. Stay tuned and keep listening. Much love.